Certainly a pleasure to be here with everyone once again this week. Vandy fans, it's going to be okay. <laughs> UT fans, it's going to be okay. Life still goes on, but we give glory to God and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as we continue on now with our study of the book of Philippians. And now, if you will, go to Philippians, the second chapter. And we're at verse 1 through 11. The epistle of Paul to the Philippians, verses 1 through 11. And when you find that, let us stand in reverence unto the reading of God's word, if your health allows you to. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, and you may be seated. And our message today is, he humbled himself and became obedient. He humbled himself and became obedient. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you once again for this day. Lord, we just thank you for life. We thank you for grace, mercy, and truth. And now, Lord, I just ask by the guidance of your Holy Spirit to lead me through this message and cause me not to speak from my flesh. And Lord, right now, we just give you honor, praise, and glory. And we ask this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 
As we look here at our, our message today, we keep in mind that, that Paul is imprisoned. He's in house arrest. We keep in mind also that uh, we've learned in our previous uh, sermons and teachings that Paul would be beheaded about two to three years from this point. Uh, Nero would have him executed. At this point right now, there's still a sense within Paul to be released, to come home and visit the church at Philippi. But he also realizes that there is a strong chance, a possibility that he will be executed as well. Remember that he said to live is Christ and to die is gain. We established last week that Paul saw it as a win-win situation. And that now for us in our lives today, we see it as a win-win situation. The church at Philippi was to see it as a win-win situation. To live is Christ and to die is gain. We can't lose. We're just winners. You know, we get caught up in the winning and, and losing of our favorite teams just like yesterday. A lot of people today, it's like a funeral for some people because their favorite team lost. Life goes on. But to live is Christ and to die is gain. This chapter, these verses right here, verses 1 through 11, they are verses of encouragement. Paul is encouraging the church. I'm encouraging you today. Be encouraged. Be thankful unto the Lord for the life that he has given all of us here today. As we look in our beginning scriptures here, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And we'll look at these first uh, few verses. But what I'm seeing here is a, a rally speech. He's rallying the team. We are a team in Christ Jesus. The body of Christ. You know, as I was looking over my lesson and looking over these scriptures, I, I thought about as a youngster growing up and, and playing sports, the different sports, basketball and football. I had great coaches coming up in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And they always persuaded us and encouraged us and demanded that you touch the line after practice when we ran sprints or suicides in basketball practice. You must touch the line to finish. And that's what I'm encouraging everybody here today, to touch the line. 
Run this race with patience, casting every weight and sin aside that so easily besets us. Keep on running this race called life. Touch the line. Paul is encouraging the church at Philippi. Consolation we see here. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ. This word means any exhortation, any encouragement. If there's any encouragement in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. The oneness of the body of the Christ, the oneness of this church being like-minded is important. Having the same love, affectionate regard, and goodwill toward others. The Greek word in this sense is koinonia, which means community, fellowship, partnership. There is to be fellowship here, a partnership here. And that's what he was telling the church at Philippi, to be partners with one another to commune with each other, being of one accord, of one mind. Let us look at Colossians. Colossians, the third chapter, beginning at verse 12. Colossians, the third chapter, in verse 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. Man, this sounds like work. <laughs> and it takes work in loving one another another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in Here's that oneness again, in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So as we go back to Philippians, second chapter, third verse, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And just to sum up these couple of verses, we think about our world today. 
It's all about self. Everything that we see within the media, everything out here in the world, it's always comes back to self. Self-inspiration, self-love, self-gratification, self-righteousness, self-rule, self, self, self. I, I, me, me. This was the opposite of what Paul was teaching the church at Philippi. This is the opposite of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must let Jesus be king. We must let him be the Lord of lords in our lives. He must have rule over us. You know, the movie War Room, and I think I shared this at the Mount Juliet campus several months ago. In the movie War Room, there was a scene in which the little old lady told the, the young mom that you must climb down from the throne of your heart and let God rule. Each and every one of us here today, we have to climb down. You have to examine yourself in your own conversation with the Lord and let him know whether or not you have abdicated your throne, that you're ready for him to be king of your life. Is he really your king? Or do we portray to be joint leaders with him, to be co-kings with one another. We must let Jesus rule. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, I saw this term, this mind. This mind of Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That is that we have to come before the Lord and admit we don't know nothing, that we must learn from him, that we must be imitators of Christ. In this world of meism, we know everything. We become know-it-alls. No one can teach us anything. Not even Christ. This is a call for all of us to humble ourselves. Because Jesus humbled himself. And he became obedient who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Man, considered it not robbery to be equal with God. And down through the years, I've wrestled with, okay, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit as a child coming up, a young man, uh, first steps in, in Christ, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus was his son, and he didn't come until 
He was born of the Virgin Mary. Well, Jesus was with God in the beginning. If we'll just look there at Genesis, the first chapter, as our Bibles open up. And there in the first chapter of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, was hovering over the face of the waters. Now let us go to John, the first chapter. Where was Jesus? God was there. The Spirit of God was there in the beginning. When the earth was void and without form, John, the first chapter, the first verse says, in the beginning, once again, in the beginning, before anything was formed, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was Jesus. <laughs> the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So he was right there in the beginning. But then you drop down now to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're talking about God's only begotten son. Begotten means to father or to produce. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we go back to Philippians, the second chapter. who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. God stole away from heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's all derived from God Almighty. You can't put God into a box. I hope you understand where I'm coming from because I get excited about God revealing this truth to us, that he's all things to all men. But when God came to the earth, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. A bond servant is willing. A bond servant is loyal. He didn't seek fame. Jesus said in Matthew 23 and 11, 
he taught his disciples, he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. How many times do we seek to serve others? I don't know about you, but I want to be great in the kingdom of God. I used to play ball and football, and I wanted to be great. I wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, all of that stuff. I wanted to be the greatest of all time. But now I understand I want to be greatest in the eyes of the Lord. And to be great is to be a servant unto others. Coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Jesus, who was in the beginning with God, with the creation of this earth as we know it, found himself in the appearance as a man, and he humbled himself. Humble means having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. The Son of God, born in a manger. That is, he was in a trough that they fed animals out of. But he went from the trough to the throne, back to his seat of glory. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. My Savior, your Master. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Are you new in Christ Jesus today? It's a humbling experience to be born again. It's a humbling experience when you confess your sins to the Lord and repent and he receives you into his arms. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient. When you humble yourself, it takes submission. He submitted himself to the Father. It's an experience. It happens over time. He submitted himself to the Father when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. Really didn't want to go to that cross. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Are we all willing to be obedient unto death? We all have our own individual walk of faith. And it calls for us to humble ourselves. And when we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, the Bible says he shall lift you up and humbled himself and became obedient to the point of the cross. He carried out the will of God. He was our great sacrifice. If we'll go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, as we wind down our message. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Verse 14, 
This is why I love him so, because he knows what we go through. He knows what you're going through. He knows any temptations that you go through in life. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. I want to back up to 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hold fast to your confession of faith that Jesus is Lord. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize Sympathize means to suffer with, with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He knows what you're going through. Somebody's been through some things this week, some kind of different temptation. He knows. He knows all about it. He knows all about your problems. And this is why I love him because we can now go boldly before his throne of grace. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Grace and mercy is right there. Somebody, you need some grace and mercy from the Lord today. Simply go boldly before his throne of grace and mercy. Call out to the Lord. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sometimes you just got to let your head back and talk to God. Call on him and see won't he answer. Going back to Philippians the second chapter, even the death of the cross, obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let's now go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy. The ninth verse, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Once again, there's Jesus, even before time began there was the purpose and grace for our lives he humbled himself and became obedient back to Philippians verse 9 therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is 
above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Every knee should bow all throughout the universe. The demons, the angels, everything shall bow and bend the knee unto the Lord and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Confess means to acknowledge, to affirm, to agree. Lord refers to the right to rule, mastery, ownership of a people, property. Is he your Lord? Does he own you? Does he have the rights of ownership to you, to the ownership of me? Am I a slave unto the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. It's so important that we walk by faith and not by sight. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As Jesus hung upon that cross at Calvary, I don't know about you, but I put in my mind that he died for me. And that over 2,000 years ago that I was crucified with him. And that same spirit of God, that same Holy Spirit that rose him up from the dead. is that same Holy Spirit that has quickened my mortal body, has quickened your mortal body. Being a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. He humbled himself and became obedient. As we get ready to close our message, it's just so important that we challenge ourselves with this word today knowing that there is the, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit that bear witness in heaven of the lives that we live. Like we talked about last week, how we conduct ourselves, that we conduct ourselves worthy of the love of Christ. And that we now begin to all 
humble ourselves even more, seeing that what's such a great sacrifice that Jesus humbled himself and came down from heaven and walked on the earth as a man God reincarnated. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this message. Lord, just continue to humble us. Continue to cause us to reflect upon the cross, the great sacrifice, Jesus, that you did for each and every one of us. And now, Lord, as we continue to seek your face in our lives, we realize, Lord, that you are the great sacrifice and that if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, that is you, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and you were the propitiation, the great sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Jesus, we love you. God the Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. God, the creator of the world, everlasting Father, Alpha and Omega, you are the beginning and the end. We honor you and give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.